0: farm
1: implement dealer out here in lancaster pennsylvania we're talking with don hoover he's a friend of the pocket testament league who helped arrange all of these interviews and you know how much we love the pocket testament league ptl.org if you are not a pocket testament leaguer you need to check him out online ptl.org don hoover welcome back to i work for him hey it's great to be here again and welcome to lancaster I want to go a little off script because I want people to, I mean, you, it's it's a beautiful country, but it's very, I mean, you talk about diverse. This is a diverse area of religious infiltration. I mean, you got a lot of stuff going on here. Talk about growing up here. What it was like.
2: What it was like growing up was I was born and raised in a Mennonite home. Okay. I'm very, very thankful for my Mennonite heritage. Uh, I can hear my dad, uh, you know, dutifully asking me to uh, memorize scripture. Uh, at the time, I resented it. But I remember one particular Sunday afternoon back when people in this area actually visited one another when babies were born or something like that. Not a whole lot of that today, maybe. But uh, back in those days, I wanted to go out and play with some of my buddies. Uh, I don't know, probably as an 8 or 10-year-old. And my dad said, yeah, you can go out, but um, weren't you due for John 14 this this uh, week? And I hung my head and said, yes, I was. And so I sat, had to stand there in front of him on a Sunday afternoon. My buddies are outside playing in my lawn. And I've got to stand there and say, um, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. But how many times have I recalled that over the last 50 years? I am so, so thankful, so grateful for what my dad uh, taught me to do.
1: Mm. I love that. And I love that upbringing. So, but, you know, this is an area that you, you've got Amish, you've got Mennonite, you, you've got, as, they, as I've been told, Englishers. I've read, I've read some books on it. So how how does how have you seen the power of God working in all of this because this is an area I mean you drive down the roads the houses are all well cut the neighborhoods are phenomenal um it, the hills well you got beautiful I mean really with a cool fast car this would be some great roads except for the fact that there's horse and buggies on the roads I mean what was it like growing up I mean was this more rural back then I mean it, it's pretty there's a lot of traffic out here now.
2: There's a ton of traffic out here now. Lots and lots of people have been attracted to this area uh, because of all the things that you're mentioning.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: so we've had our challenges over the years. Of course, zoning has been a big issue um, as the as the local governments and regional governments have endeavored to deal with some of that stuff. But as far as the spiritual dynamics, um, many, many people, I mean, millions of tourists come to the area just to see the, quote, plain sect folks and the beautiful gardens and the beautifully manicured uh, lawns and landscapes and what have you around these these wonderful little farms. Um, and, and that's all awesome. It really is. It's been really, really good for the area. However, um, along with that also came some pretty hefty, uh, what do we want to call it, religious dynamics. In other words, there was a lot of, you need to look like this, or you need to act like that, or you're forbidden to do this, or you're you're required to do that. Um, so a lot of prayer has been offered over the years uh, by local church leadership on multiple fronts and and praying that the Lord would break through that religiosity, if you will, the religiousness of the region and reveal himself faithful. And so with the current challenges, particularly in the ag field that I'm uh, most familiar with here, um, we're seeing, I would say, a significant leveling impact uh, where, uh, just as an example, on Thursday nights I've been helping to host a gathering of folks to get together and pray for agriculture, agribusinesses and farmers, producers here in the area. Uh, We've been doing that since back in early January, and it's been amazing to me the number of people from not every tribe and tongue and nation, but certainly a wide representation of local, um, I'm going to say Sunday morning uh, affiliations that are being represented there and are coming together to implore the Lord to pour out his blessing and wisdom uh, during this time for us to deal with the dynamics that we're dealing with in, in uh, agriculture.
1: Don Hoover from Binkley & Hearst. It's a local ag company. That's really what I would call an implement company, farm implement company. That's what I would call it from Minnesota. Don, what do you call it?
2: Uh, we call Binkley & Hearst a, a <laughs> platform from which we can honor and glorify Christ. Um, I worked at this establishment for 23 years-ish, and back in 2005 uh, went from being uh, a sheep to being a shepherd and it just pretty much put me on my knees. One of the things that I had committed to at that point was uh, the folks over here at Sight and Sound Theatres are real good friends of mine and I love the way they put the scripture on stage, the actual Bible stories. But I felt like around here, um, having come up in the the church affiliation that I did, there was a lot of business for mission where the offering plate would go by and people would contribute toward building the barn that burned down last week or toward the uh you know some hurricane damage or tornado or something that had happened and so there was a lot of resources that were gathered up to deal with those things and people would go and volunteer their time and that was awesome i appreciate that about uh, the local conservative community here in this area however i felt like there was also a dynamic of doing business for mission or now i would i call it business uh, as ministry um, And and sometimes i've joked with our pastors already about how i get to do life with more people than they do they mm-hmm. get us for an hour or two on sunday morning And I've got people who are employed here doing 45, 50, 60, 70 hours a week, and we get to truly do life with them. We're here when the phone call comes in from the, my wife's diagnosis wasn't what we were hoping it was going to be, or uh, someone just hit a tree, you know, with a car, and and can I leave the meeting, Don? Uh, Absolutely. You know, we Mm -hmm. give high priority to family. You need to go and deal with that. And so there would be a week's worth of stories of that nature um, that we've been privileged to participate in. Um, One of the things that motivates me is uh, a scripture from 2 Corinthians 2, I believe it's verse 14, where it says, we know that God is always leading us in victory in Christ, and that's probably a sermon series right there, and then beyond it says, um, and through us, he diffuses the fragrance of the knowledge of himself in all places, and so I believe that that means when I'm at my desk, I believe that means when I'm at the farm show, when I'm out at the at the farm market or whatever, um, or or a meeting in Harrisburg amongst elected officials and, and wherever we are to carry the essence of Christ. I'll right. often say, you know, Jesus isn't walking in here this morning. We're it. And so what are we going to do about that? And so we take it very seriously.
1: You know, right before um, we started talking on the air, you were sharing with us about your core values and the things that God helped you to develop. And as you um, bring on employees and you have these 170 employees that you are shepherding how are you able to make a difference in to be a difference in their lives
2: uh, we're very clear. We have a, I think, a well-defined and well-illustrated mission, vision, and core value kind of a combination sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, so early in the conversation with any potential new hires, we would uh, make some statement along the lines of, you know, we are not everybody's going to work for NASA, not everybody's going to work for the local, uh, you know, refuse collectors or whatever, and and we certainly would fit. Um, in, in that same category saying not everybody is going to want to work with, and I don't like to say for, uh, but not everybody's going to want to work with our company. (laughs) We honor God is our primary, uh, core value. And people come back and say, you honored God when you did that. Mm -hmm. Um, and frankly, in this conservative community here, Sunday sales is something I've had people come back and say, you're selling toys on Sunday. Uh, yes, because our understanding would be that the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath kind of thing. So, um, And then we do gift the proceeds from, from those Sunday sales at a couple of the shows
1: that we do that, that span over a Sunday. When you're raising up people within your organization, how do you make sure that they're going to represent those core values and represent your heart for Christ?
2: It is pretty much a matter of modeling. Um, I've pretty much over the years determined that there are three different categories into which most aspiring leaders uh, will fit, and I've used Moses and Christ and kind of laid this over against uh, you know the way they led. Uh, my wife, one evening I went home and I was saying, I just don't understand why people don't get this and this, and she said, wait a second. Jesus had his betrayer, he had his denier, he had his this, he had his that, and he was the ultimate leader of all time. Who do you think you are? <laughs> so that, that gave me a healthy dose of reality. But um, I, I'm <laughs> so convinced that people, wow. people fit into one of three categories. They either need to be modeled for, they need to be motivated, or they need to be mentored. And again, I could take scripture and lay it over each of those three uh, and the way Christ did that, and that's kind of the way it is here. And some you get to hold their hand, some you get to walk beside them, and some you just kind of get behind them and give them a push. And, and they, they, uh, you know, we all mature um, and develop and grow at different paces. We're all at different places on our journey with Christ. Um, and again, there are some who just say, you know what, Don, it's a good place to work. Make sure I get my paycheck on Friday kind of thing. Uh, but there's there's also much deeper. But those sense. aren't the
1: kind of guys you're going to put in charge of an uh, of one of your locations, just collecting a paycheck, because they've got to reflect your heart for Christ. So how do you how do you pour into those managers? What are some of the things that you do specifically? To the the people that are the general managers of your stores are, uh, across the the Eastern Seaboard here.
2: Core values are a big deal. Okay. Um, most of those locations, most of those offices are going to have the core values posted, so it is something that is going to be um, in front of them. Um, just the everyday this morning, we were talking about accounts receivable here as an example. And so we're saying, well, we've got this many thousands of dollars worth of uh, AR at this point. And, you know, we really do need to receive that. We need to collect that. That's, that's owed to us. That's what people have agreed to pay. And I said, gang, well, you know, we have been through some very significant financial challenges ourselves here in the last five or six years. Let's make sure we're not going out there in the biblical story, uh, you know, taking somebody by the throat for five or eight thousand dollars when we had zeros, multiple zeros behind that over the last five years where we owed people right. in the interest again of uh, sowing and reaping. So just tons of opportunities to model. One of the things that we've done there, again, just using that as an example, you've seen our business cards and you see the scripture verses on the back. Mm -hmm. And um, so we send out, I don't know, 80,000, probably 80 or 90,000 catalogs over there and we've got the gospel right on the front cover of that thing. And what amazes me at that is that we have uh, corporate sponsors who are sponsoring that catalog to an extent. They they, uh, allow some co-op there. And they will allow the scriptures to be on the front. I'm not even sure what it is this year. I know we've used John three 16. We've used, uh, it's primarily a Christmas catalog. So we sure. use some of the unto us a child is born kind of thing. Uh, but then when the chips are down and grandma's dying of cancer, um, they'll call and say, um, so you guys are, uh, are, are um, religious over yeah, there. Yeah, it's religious. They go to the so religious thing, so yep. we stop them with that and say, well, yeah, we have a relationship with Jesus anyway. I'm not sure what religion really is, but, and you go on from there. Um, sometimes they want to, you know, develop that conversation, but the short of it is we get opportunities to pray with people. Mm. Um, I have a gentleman who's coming in here to see me in a few weeks that I met over there at the toy store one day and he just, I thought there was something seemed a little bit off with him. And I mentioned something to his wife and when I, when he heard that she said what she said, he went back outside and he was crying. Well, come to find out that he has a cancer diagnosis. They have two precious small children, and this guy's a kind of a one-man band on a on a uh, personal business and just came to a sliding halt and uh, had been a church attendee but not really walking with Jesus per se. Well, I've had the opportunity to reach out to him, sending him emails, calling him periodically. We've texted, and he called me last week and said, I'm through the chemo treatments. Let me come in there and hang out with you. We need to talk one, one-on-one. Doesn't want the family there. Uh, so I'm not sure what the Lord's going to do there. That's something I'm praying about, but it's just that's one of many, many stories that we could tell you. And it came about by virtue of connections at the toy store and their understanding. and I would say again, just smelling the essence of Christ.
0: What is
1: it that um, God's allowing you to communicate and what are some of the circumstances which you get to use those materials that He's downloaded to you?
2: Um, a lot of people know the scripture. Uh, many, many of the people that I interact with have some working knowledge of what I'm going to call a King James Bible. They they know the story of the three guys in the fiery furnace. They couldn't name them, but they know that story broadly, or they know uh, you know just other of the of the mm-hmm. I'm going to say basic Bible stories. But when you are able to take them and uh, in a in a conversation with someone who's dealing with a challenge, an opportunity in life, and you can take that scripture and say, well, you know with an understanding that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The thing that got many of the people, uh, the notoriety that they received throughout Scripture was the fact that they were, for example, they were um, incredibly radically obedient. So where are the radically obedient people today? And with that pursuit, most of the times when I am, uh, again, saying, Lord, okay, so what does radical obedience to you and instruction by the Holy Spirit and all that, what does that look like today? It will by my choices put me at odds with pretty much every system, <laughs> every train of thought, every approach around me. So, Don, what are you thinking? Why would you even begin to do that? Well, let me take you back. You, you know, one of the impressions I received here a few weeks ago was common sense has no place in the life of a spirit-led follower of Christ.
1: So, give me an example. What do you mean?
2: Um. What did God ever do that made sense? Go back to no- to Noah as an example.
1: No, I want you to give me your example. I mean, there's a total examples through author the scriptures, but what about in your life? An example for me? Yeah, where you were thinking common sense says to do this, but okay. the Lord saying.
2: Um, yeah. sure. So I'm sitting here at my desk uh, three years ago, about right now, and the phone rings, and someone says, "Don, do you know that so and so is in the hospital? She's age 24." She has two precious kids, and they have sent her home telling her there's nothing else they can do for her medically. It looks like she's going to be crossing over before long. And I said, no, I wasn't aware of that. So I pondered that for a little bit, prayed, asked God, and closed everything up here on my desk. And I said uh, to the vice president near me over here, I said, would it be okay if I'd be gone the rest of the day? And he said, "Uh, sure, keep your phone on. So I went over to our toy store. I picked up a small, uh, honestly, it was a stuffed cow because this was a farm that I was going to to visit this person and uh, closed everything up and I drove four hours to go there to, I anointed this toy Mm. with oil and prayed over it, not dissimilar from what was done in scripture where they prayed over handkerchiefs and aprons and what have you. And I believe that God being the same yesterday, today and forever again, it's not about the oil, it's not about the prayer, it's certainly not about the calf or the cow, the toy. It's about the faith. The prayers of the faith will heal the sick. So I went up there driving four hours, like I say, 200 miles, and um, ministered to her that day, um, just, again, hearing, I believe, from the Lord to serve her communion. Um, She was in a very, very desperate place that day, rejuvenated and rebounded significantly for, I forget what it was, six or eight weeks. I mean, significantly turned about. And then, and she was out again. I mean, off of off of the out of the bed, off of the Mm -hmm. apparatus that she had been on there, and riding around the pickup truck, went to the local school program when her kid was, or her, her, uh, I believe, son was involved um, in a school program, and uh, you know, was like, wow, God, this is awesome. Mm -hmm. She had accepted Christ in the meantime, Um, and then she got dramatically worse and passed. Mm -hmm. And then it was, then I was asked to take another day and go up there. And speak at the funeral. Why would you do that, Don? That's stupid. That didn't sell one piece of equipment. That didn't uh, do a lot of things. But what it did was it, it allowed me to fill a role that God had entrusted to me in that setting. They were not regular church attendees. They were not a lot of things. But the reason they embraced me, the reason they allowed me to participate in the funeral, was because um, she connected with you, Don. And I think, again, that's a spirit thing. Right, absolutely. So it doesn't make any sense. I mean, you're in the farm machinery business. You've got to stay here and you've got to stay focused and you've got to be mapping strategy and you've got to be developing advertising schemes and all this. Yes, we do, absolutely. And we've got to do it with excellence. And we've also got to be, that. for me, I need to be that kingdom representation
1: that Christ has anointed me to be. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers, our workplace. It's our mission field. But ultimately, I Work, I work For him. him.
0: Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him Power Pod with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Want more? Hear the full broadcast at iWorkForHim.com. Stay connected and receive power Pack content